the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. It is Monday, and it's rainy, and then it's sunny, and then it's sunny, and then it's rainy, and it's it's been a crazy day. I um, I had a wonderful weekend. I hope you did as well. Um, you know, it started like Thursday with Danita's birthday, and then Friday we were out out in Long Island, and I was talking to you guys from there. And then Saturday, uh, Marianne's parents had some people over the house, and we had a lot of fun. And yesterday was a day literally at the beach with uh, Arthur, and um, I got to spend some serious quality time with Ariana. It was her eight-month birthday, and um, as I was taking her for a walk, it was a little warm. Um, she finally woke up after a nice two-hour nap in the in her little stroller, and I was obvious that she was thirsty, and Dad forgot to bring her little sippy cup. So I did, you know, what I think a, uh, any ordinary dad uh, should do. I took her into a bar. Yep, we went into the, uh, into a, uh, but it was an outdoor bar. And, uh, I got a little cup of water. And, um, you know, dad should have something to drink too. So a little, I went with Padre Lou's libation from Friday, a little, little uh, Tanqueray and tonic with a big squeeze of lime in there. And little Ariana, uh, gulped down her, uh, cup of water. I believe that's the first time I've been drinking out of a regular cup. And it was adorable. And, uh, you know, that ties into what I did this morning. I um I went to a uh I I was going to see a funeral mass no uh I went to a funeral this morning but it wasn't a mass it was for Gerald Shargell who in the the world that I live in uh, of the law regarding trial law um he was a legendary attorney uh he's he left us after a, a couple of year battle with Alzheimer's disease, which was obviously very hard on his family, um, watching him slip away. I've been through that uh, myself when I was younger with my uh, paternal grandma. But it was interesting because a combination, you know, we're, we're all working, 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 working. And Sunday's mass, yesterday's mass, where, where my uh, father, Anthony Sorgi, my cousin, it was all about working hard like Martha, I hope I don't mess this up, but being in touch with God like Mary. And it was all, it's really all about life work balance. And today at Gerald Shargell's uh, funeral, which there was a f full house and the quality of the people in that room 
were the creme de la creme of the legal community, uh, from criminal defense attorneys to former prosecutors to current judges to former judges to protege, protégés of Gerald Chargell's. And it was just, uh, there were many people, uh, who spoke. And, uh, I went, I walked in with Geraldo Rivera, who is Gerald Chargell's, uh, classmate at Brooklyn Law School. I believe they started in 63 and graduated in 66. Um, and Geraldo gave one of the, the eulogies, but, uh, Gerald Shargell's son, David, uh, gave a eulogy. And, you know, the takeaway from that within 24 hours of, of Father Sorgi talking about work-life balance and, uh, and, and keeping God in the front of your mind and David Shargell talking about, you know, my dad handled the biggest cases in the city of New York. Uh, but I never felt like he wasn't around when we needed him or when we wanted to be with him or when we had free time to be with him. And he even spoke about how, um, when he, it, uh, David has a sister and when they were off from school and Jerry Shargell couldn't spend time with them in their environment, he would bring the children into his environment and they would sit in the, in the courtroom, sitting on the front, uh, the front bar, stool, uh, the front bench. Uh, and he even told a little funny story about how when Gerald Shargell was representing John Gotti, uh, at the end of either an opening statement or a cross-examination, John Gotti went over to a young, uh, David Shargell and said, uh, you know, how'd your dad do? Was he great or was he a potato? And uh, the kid said, I don't know, I think I said potato by mistake. But it was, you know, it was a humorous moment. But it uh, kind of puts things into perspective, uh, especially for me personally. Because basically when Mr. Shargell was exactly my age, he was, um, you know, he was knocking it out of the park. He had all the big cases in the city of New York, trying many of them. Because 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, many more cases went to trial than they did today. Uh, and what happens when you're, you're trying a case, and many of us spoke about this today after uh, the ceremony, which was lovely. His wife, Terry, was a saint, and Geraldo called her a hero for taking care of Jerry. They met when they were 19 years old, and, you know, she was there with him when he passed on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Um, we've talked about how, you know, when you try a case, a criminal case where people's lives are on the line, how it just drains you and how it takes, you know, takes your whole, um, it, it basically occupies your whole brain when you're in the shower, when you're in the bathroom, when you're washing the car, like you can't think about anything else. But at the same time, you have people who, um, uh, who you're responsible for, whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents or your siblings. And it, it's all of this balance between taking, uh, being the responsible professional and, you know, doing everything you can to help and serve your client. And at the same time, not neglecting and ignoring, uh, your immediate family who also needs you. So it's like, and, and, you know, as, as we walked out of the funeral today, we all kind of felt that, you know, Yes, it's wonderful that all of these people from Gerald Shargell's profession were there to support him and his family, but the best part of the whole uh, ceremony today was listening to his family, his wife, his two children, his grandson. In my opinion, his grandson may have been the best one, you know, just talking in a very um, uplifting, happy way, uh, talking about... Um, 
how wonderful his grandfather was and how he made him laugh and how, you know, he would, even though his grandson lives in California, he, you know, he would fly across the country to watch him play a ball game or to just, just to be with him. And, uh, and how poignant it was when his daughter, who's a, a, also an attorney, said that, you know, after he knew he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, how he said to her, listen, you know, don't, don't cry for me. I've lived a wonderful life. I've had a full, wonderful life. And, you know, with you and your brother being the highlight thereof and, and, and obviously, uh, his grandchildren. And, you know, Part of me for sounding selfish and self-absorbed, but it's impossible, you know, not to relate to what went on today because um, I'm kind of following along in those same the, the same uh, shoes. In other words, we're involved with some pretty heavy cases in the city of New York. They take a lot out of you. Um, it takes a lot of your time. And that's on one side of the scales of justice. And on the other side of the scales of justice, I have a wonderful, beautiful, supportive spouse who happens to be my law partner. But more importantly, his mother is the mother of, of, of two of my three children. And it's, you know, it's all about trying to strike that balance. And yes, you want, um, you know, if I know when my demise is coming and I was thinking about it when I'm sitting there reflecting, um, if I found out tomorrow it was, you know, the life is coming to an end, um, I would like to tell, I, I would tell the, my loved ones, like, listen, I've had a heck of a run. I mean, I've done more in my half of uh, a century on the planet than many have done. Um, and I've heard that. I'm sure you've all heard it. You know, on your in your dying days, you very rarely, you, you're never going to say, oh, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have spent more time in the office. You're always thinking, I wish I would have spent more time with my family or my friends or doing something I truly loved. Um, but it's a balance, right? Because you can't just spend time with your, your family and your friends because then who's going to pay the bills? Someone told me a long time ago, you either have time or you have money. You very rarely have both because... Um, yeah, whatever. Because to, to make the money, you got to eat up all your time. Um, and if you just don't make the money and you spend it all on on your time with your family, well, then you're not making any money. And so it's just a balance, folks. And it's just for me, it was interesting how I had this family weekend after I had a very busy work weekend. How Father Sorgi spoke about the the balance between serving God and keeping God in the front of your mind and the stress and the anxiety of life inside and out. And then 24 hours later, I go to a legendary attorney. I mean, people describe him as the best uh, of his generation. And there's a strong argument to be made about that. Um, and, and basically, that's what today was about, is that how, how brilliant he was as a lawyer, not only as a trial lawyer, but as an appellate lawyer, but to hear his children and his grandchildren brag about how he was always there for them. It was inspirational. And it also gives you a little check mark. And it doesn't mean meaning check on life. It doesn't mean uh, it doesn't apply only to lawyers. It applies to all of us, whether you're uh, working on a crane, whether you're in a doctor's office, whether you're an accountant's office, whether you're Mikey Beauvais, who's the treasurer of the Department of Sanitation Union. Um, You know, it's all about balance. All right. We got a great show for you coming up. Don't go anywhere. We're going to do a little Connors and Sullivan and we'll be right back.
Well, so, you know, obviously being at a funeral today makes you realize that uh, life does not go on forever. And um, for someone who is ill for, I think, over two years, it makes you realize and and. Four of his caretakers were there and uh, were thanked profusely by um, Terry, by Mr. Shargell's wife. But, you know, that all costs tons of money. Um, and a, a man who is as smart and as, as really a legal giant as Mr. Shargell was, at the end of his life, he wasn't able to uh, take care of himself. He wasn't. So what happened? His wife had his power of attorney. His wife had his health care proxy so she could make those decisions for him. He was prepared. He did the right thing. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. You have to do that now while you're with it, while you have no issues with your brain or your, or your ability to talk or communicate. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can. Now, when you're healthy and who's going to do that for you? Our friends at Connors and Sullivan, Mike Connors and his law firm. They've been doing this for 40 years. They know this stuff inside and out. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make those decisions for you. So for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or go to connersandsullivan.com. Keep your body moving with powerful nutrients to support your joints and overall mobility. Invite Health is here to save the day and your body with the best-selling Cartilage HX. Cartilage HX helps to maintain the health of your cartilage and promotes flexibility and mobility. This powerful formulation provides a patented form of type 2 collagen called UC2 that has been shown in clinical studies to promote joint comfort and strong, healthy bones. Just listen to what some Invite Health customers in the tri-state area are saying about Cartilage HX. I had a problem with my left knee and had to take baby steps going up the stairs. I'm almost normal now. Miracle! When I climb the stairs, my knees no longer hurt. Stay active with the help of Cartilage HX. Buy one bottle, get the other free, plus free shipping today. Call 800-673-2345 now to order. Again, that's 800-673-2345. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27.
amongst, unfortunately, many, many United States of American tragedies recently is the uh, the Parkland shooter uh, down in, um, in Florida where uh, 14 students and three faculty members were killed. Now they're in, from a legal point of view, they're in the sentencing phase, and it's basically the death penalty or uh, life without parole. So let's bring back a former guest on the show, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, she's a forensic psychiatrist. She's also been a trial expert witness, and she writes columns like Inside the Criminal Mind. Uh, Dr. Lieberman, are you on with us? Yes. Hi. How are you, Carol? Fine, thank you. So this is a horrific, horrific case and situation. Um, you have a very young man uh, who committed a horrendous, horrendous, cold, calculated, tragic-inducing act. And now we're like, okay, like, we're going to kill him or we're going to put him in a cell for the rest of his life. So why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about uh, what Dr. Uh, Carroll has to say about it. Well, um, first of all, I am pretty outraged that this trial is happening at all because um, it is really, you know, it started this morning and it is tormenting the families of the victims and it's tormenting anybody else who's, you know, watching it and so on, but particularly the families of the victims. And uh, Nicholas Cruz said at the beginning or his attorneys, his defense attorneys, asked if he pleads guilty, you know, can we, um, can he just have life without parole? And the prosecutor has been, you know, obviously up till today, I mean, through today, um, has been adamant about, no, he wanted that trial. Now, I know he was probably under some pressure from some families and so on, but I think the families didn't realize what they were biting off, <laughs> and it's more than they can chew. You know, they started playing um, some the video, recordings. The vi right, the video and, recordings, and, I believe. And, of course, it was it was torture for the families. Now, you know, um, so is it really that necessary? I mean, you know, do, do they feel that strongly? And should they feel that? Well, you know, there's no should. They can feel how they feel. But it just seems like... Um, I mean, life without parole is a pretty, you know, steep sentence. He's only, well, he's 23 now, but he's only 19. And um, I think it's not going to bring the children back of the families. And I think it, it, it should just be left at, at that. Plus, if he is on trial, there should be a lot of other people on trial who were complicit in this. His, um, like who? His, biolog his biological mother who gave him up for adoption and who was using drugs and alcohol during her pregnancy. Um, her father, his adoptive mother, who um, didn't uh, do enough to recognize the signs of mental illness and to make sure that he stayed in treatment. Um, the school, because they just kept tossing him around, you know, from one program to another, and um, and he was he was rejected, you know, at the time that he did this, um, expelled. And um, I blame, and then of course the FBI, because they didn't answer a tip um, that they got about all his postings and so on. And I blame most of all the mental health professionals 
who had anything to do with him because they didn't um, lock him up. They didn't Baker Act him. Um, all, all throughout his childhood, he was doing things that showed that he was a danger to self and a danger to others. And why? <laughs> it just makes no sense that he was never involuntarily admitted, um, which, you know, he could have been. I mean, there's, that's the Baker Act in Florida. Well, yeah. Could you just, just could you just explain that, Doctor Carroll? Could you just explain what the Baker Act is? Well, it's you know it's it's um it's you have to meet one of three criteria: either a danger to self, or a danger to others, or gravely disabled. I mean, that's essentially what it is in most states. And um, I mean, he was cutting off, he was torturing animals. He was showing the signs of a psychopath. Uh, he was torturing animals. Um, setting fires. I don't know if he was bedwetting, but you know he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, that hasn't come out. But um, but surely you know. And and I was reading something about how some uh, a psychiatrists and some mental health professionals wanted to admit him, but that the hospital wouldn't admit him. Now you know the only thing I can think of for that, and it happens all too often, is when someone doesn't have good insurance. <laughs> Hospitals don't want to admit them. Or don't how sad, don't how sad them. is that? How, how do you think yeah. the 17 family members, the families yeah. that were devastated feel about the, you know, the lack of insurance? We're throwing money all over the place. All over, we're throwing money all over the world, right? We're giving yeah. billions of dollars all over the place. And uh, this kid who should have been locked up and restrained uh, isn't. The part for me from a legal point of view, Dr. Carroll, is normally when you plead guilty and you you say all right I'm, I'm going to spare everyone from going through a trial it's already preordained that you're going to get life without a parole and not the death penalty but here obviously that that's not what took place and yeah i mean i'm i read the excerpts from today and it's i mean they're showing horrible audio and video of what took place during the actual time of the executions because that's exactly what it was and, uh, you know, you now let me ask you this point. What is, what, if you don't mind answering, what is your position, Dr. Carroll, uh, being a forensic psychiatrist on the death penalty in general? Well, I think that there, I mean, I don't really like it because the people make mistakes. You know, there have been people who have been, uh, found guilty and then, oops, <laughs> no, he wasn't guilty. But I don't have a necessarily a, I'm not against it a hundred percent. But I am against it in, in this case. I do not think that Nicholas Cruz should get the death penalty because, as I was saying, all these people who failed him from the beginning of his life and, um, and, and you know, and he, he, the final trigger was when his mother died in November. And, um, and then, you know, of course, this took place on, on Valentine's Day. Um, so just a few months later. And then he was staying with some family friends and they gave him the key to the box where the guns were <laughs> were kept. I mean, so many mistakes. Um, it, it's just, it, it's one after the other after the other. And um, it was sort of, now, you know, of course, the, the prosecutor, uh, I don't know what you thought of his opening statement, but it was very low-key. And yeah. it was amazing that he remembered everything. He talked about where all the different bullets were, and I mean, that part was amazing. But it was really kind of low-key, um, except for the part when he read what Nicholas had put on his phone three days right. before when he talked about, <laughs> excuse me, he talked about 
you're going to be hearing about me. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm the next well, school shooter. Right, a big show. Right, he said something along those lines. Yeah, he wasn't exactly passionate. I don't think anybody was going to use the words passionate. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you have all the facts on your side and they're so horrific, <laughs> Um, you don't really need to be, uh, you know, yes. you need to be that passionate. The the words speak for themselves. Yes, I know, and and you know, he he could maybe have been thinking, well, I don't want to uh, add extra uh, torture to the families, but then of course he showed the pictures, which he had to do. But um, I, I just, I just don't think you know. And he picked, uh, I I think. Well, I watched his, I read his confession. And I watched his interview when he was arrested and brought into the jail. And he talked about voices. You know, he's had voices um, for years. And he talked about them being uh, telling him what to do. It's like commands and hallucinations. And then he also talked about how he would take um, pot and, um, and Xanax to try to lessen the voices. But really, that just makes it worse. A marijuana, you know, it's interesting. He had said that in one of his court hearings about how marijuana shouldn't be legal, and it's really true. I have seen so many people who had a predisposition to schizophrenia, which is what I think he has, um, and they they start smoking pot, and sure enough, it brings out this genetic predisposition. It manifests, and it gets becomes full-blown schizophrenia, and I think that's what we have here. Well, I will tell you, Doctor, that is something, that that little fact that you just laid out at the very end there is something I don't think many people know about as I look out my window on 45th and 5th and see the weed truck <laughs> out there. So thank you, Dr. Carroll. I really appreciate you chiming in. I guess we'll find out in uh, short order what's going to happen uh, to Nicholas Cruz. I appreciate your time. Very welcome. Thank you. Don't go away, folks. We're going to be right back with the president of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, Benny Basio, telling us about what's going on in Rikers. All of us at the AM 970 family know Susan. She's the one who's going to take care of you. If you're considered painting your home, you got to listen to me. You can't do it until you speak to Susan and get a consultation with her. Now more than ever, protect your greatest investment, your home. Rhino Shield, as you now know, is a ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your home and it looks just like paint, but it's 10 times thicker than paint. Rhino Shield guarantees your house will look as if it was freshly painted. You ready for this? For 25 years. It's a 25-year transferable warranty. 25 years. When was the last time anyone guaranteed anything for you for 25 years? Rhino Shield will increase the resale value of your home. You know why? Because it lowers your energy costs. It holds the hot air in during the wintertime, and it holds the cold air in during the summertime. And now Susan is offering no payment, no interest, financing for one year. 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote by August the 31st. Call 877-744-6608. 877-744-6608 or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com and set up an appointment and make sure you tell Susan Arthur sent you. 
Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24/7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hard-working legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the Power Legal Firm. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Okay, and on a uh, Monday evening, uh, a lot was going on in the news regarding Rikers Island. A, a uh, 11th person uh, has been found dead uh, while in the um, custody of the New York City Department of Correction. And uh, listen, I don't want to guess. I don't want to um, make any assumptions. So we went right to the source of someone who knows very well about what's going on at the Department of Corrections. The head of the union for the correction officers in New York that is our friend, Benny Bascio. Hey, Benny, how are you? It's Arthur Idala. Hey, Arthur, how are you? Good. So why don't you tell me about what's going on? I know there was a $25 million lawsuit today filed by uh, the um, personal injury lawyer, Sanford Rubenstein, against the city for this inmate uh, who died. It was the 11th inmate uh, to die, I believe, this year. Um, eight of the 11, I believe, died while they were at Rikers Island. Uh, this individual, I think they said he was in solitary confinement for, they're estimating, 32 hours. And that's against the uh, proper New York City Department of Correction protocol. He didn't have a bed. He didn't have access to medical care. Um, and they're saying that that's what contributed to his death. Uh, you know, what's the update from Rikers Island? Um, you know, look, we, we have a serious um, contraband problem with drugs getting into Rikers Island. Um, there's no secret about that. We have a lot of inmates that are ODing on these drugs, um, unfortunately, and any death in our custody is, you know, tragic and our heartfelt condolences go out to their families. Um, but, you know, look, you know, correction officers are blamed for everything under the sun that's wrong, on, you know, that people feel are wrong with Rikers. You know, we have to get to the root of the problem and we have to try to stop these drugs from coming in. And we've caught tons of this stuff coming in through the mail. 
And what's happening, as you know, we, we're dealing with a staff shortage. You know, we've lost 3,500 officers since January 1st of 2019, um, 500 since January of this year is due to resignations and retirement. So we're short of staff, right? And we have to search the mail as it's coming in. And when you're short and you have to, you know, either have somebody searching the mail or going on a post, it, you, these things vary. But what's happening is that books, right, reading books that let's just say are 400 pages are being soaked in fentanyl. And then they're drying the books and the books are coming in through the mail system. So we're finding a lot of this stuff coming in through the mail system, but we have to stop it from coming in because if an inmate gets a hand on 400 pages of books soaked in fentanyl, inmates are now ODing on these drugs that are coming in through the mail, unfortunately. Um, and it comes down to staffing and us being able to scan this. And the reality, Arthur, is that there's technology that exists, Right. And we should stop giving inmates paper mail because this is how the stuff is getting in. Um, so if we are allowed to screen and go through the mail and scan it and upload it into, you know, a tablet on an email system where the inmates can now get their um, mail scanned instead of physically getting the paper because this is what the problem is and this is the root of the problem so if we have an inmate die on an overdose now they're going back to video footage now they're trying to see did the officer tour like we have to get to the point of stopping the drugs from coming in that's our reality arthur Okay, so we're talking to the head of the Correction Officers Union. We're talking about what's going on in Rikers Island. There was the 11th death this year uh, from an overdose. So, Benny, let's just back up for a little bit for people who aren't in the system or don't know how cunning people could be to get drugs in. Tell us what people are doing again regarding fentanyl and how they're getting it into the inmates. They're soaking books, magazines, letters in fentanyl, right? So they soak it. Then they allow it to dry, and then it comes through the mail. And if it's not caught, then it's getting through in our system. And this is how the majority of the drugs are getting into our system, through the mail. This, and how, and how are people, Benny, how are people ingesting it? So they get a book that's soaked in fentanyl. Someone obviously tells them, look, I'm going to send you a, a copy of whatever, the, the New York Yankee, the history of the New York Yankees. And when you get it, what do they do? Are they ripping out pages and chewing on them? They're, getting, they're, they're ripping up pages, chewing on them. In some cases, they're smoking the paper. Um, you know, they're, they're, sometimes inmates hoard their medication, right? So they're supposed to take their medication. But if they get that medication snuck in, then they may not use the medication. They give the medication to another inmate. Um, we've had cases where heroin is getting in, you know, the same kind of method through the mail system. I mean, they... they tie it into clothing. There's been different ways that it's getting into, into the mail. And when we have a staffing crisis, you know, now we can't do these proper search procedures. If they gave us the amount of offices that we need to do the job to keep everybody safe, we can ramp up searches. 
We can search housing areas. We can search jails from top to bottom, which I will give this administration credit from the last administration because the last administration got away from tactical search operations. Yes, searches are done every day, but you have to search a, you know, a housing facility from top to bottom, every cell, every area. And this is how the drugs are getting in. I mean, look, we have body scanners where we should be scanning inmates regularly. But there's all kinds of, you know, rules against scanning an inmate too many times because of the radiation. You know, um, they, they have to be allowed to get their mail because of minimum standards. But, I mean, look, we have the technology to, like, we have a major crisis, right? So let's stop it. Let's, let's let the mayor maybe put an emergency order to stop inmates from getting paper mail and let everything be done electronically. Well, let me ask you this. When, when a, an inmate, we're talking to, to Benny Basio, the head of the Correction Officers Union here in New York. When, when the, um, uh, do inmates have access to a computer to email? Well, they got tablets, right? Inmates have tablets now, right? So if they're allowed to have tablets, then they should be allowed to get an email where they can view their, their, their correspondence. What are they allowed I mean, to access if, on the tablets, if, Ben? If, what are they allowed to access on the tablets when you say they have tablets? There's, you know, uh, gaming programs, you know, uh, educational things that they have to do certain tasks is what, you know, what I'm being told. And look, you know, at, at first we were against the tablets because it seems like, you know, People are getting rewarded when my members, my officers are getting assaulted, right? And you, you think like, you know, where are the consequences for inmate actions anymore? You know, we can't have punitive segregation. When you talk about this lawsuit about people being in cell, look, we don't have punitive segregation anymore, right? If an inmate wants to stay in their cell and they don't want to come out, they have the option to come out or stay in their cell. You know, so if, if it appears an inmate is sleeping, for argument's sake, you know, the last inmate he died that passed away um, was in a dorm setting. You know, so you have, there's an officer on the desk and there's 50 beds in front of you. You know, you, you walk around and, and if an inmate appears to be sleeping, you know, you we may miss it. We got officers working double, triple shifts. No meal breaks because of the staffing crisis. You know, you think there's not a level of exhaustion amongst us? You know, this, this is give us the tools that we need so everybody in our system can be safe. So, Benny Basio, uh, the Correction Officers Union, is there uh, is there funding for more correction officers? Are, are there is there a waiting list to become a correction officer? Is there a waiting list to get into the academy? Yeah, I mean, look, you take a test. It's like any other civil service exam. You take a test, and then you, you become eligible, and, and the hiring process is like that. But, you know, the mayor put in, you know, close to 600 offices allowing in the preliminary budget, and the city council, you know, denied that. They would not pass the budget because they did not want to see any more correction officers being hired. And that's unfortunate because, you know, we have inmates that are on suicide watch. And every inmate that's on suicide watch should have an additional correction officer in the housing area watching that inmate because they're deemed suicidal. And they want us to do more with less. And all we're asking for is staff us accordingly. Give us the, the funding that we need to hire the amount of the proper amount of officers that we need to keep everybody safe. That's so what, what you're saying need. is it? So Are you're the, saying you're saying it's not the mayor's fault. The mayor tried, and then or at least tried to give you some relief, and it's the city council that cut it out. Absolutely, yes, they cut it and, out. And, and you, you guys know, are now have at, a normal job. You guys are at about what seventy five hundred uh, officers now. We're down to like 6,500 now. 
Wow. And it should be the numbers. Like I said, we lost 500 alone since January of this year to present through the resignations, retirements. And when you don't back, you don't have backfill. Right. So we don't have a regular job, Arthur. When you get assaulted, like we're getting seriously assaulted. Right. You, you, You end up with a broken limb, a torn shoulder, a torn meniscus. These are real injuries that in some cases require surgery. So you're going to have people that are out for extended periods of time. And when you when they didn't hire in that three year period, this is the end result of that. We need staffing so that we have the proper amount of offices that can make regular tours so that you don't have unmanned posts. There are certain housing areas that we cannot man because we don't have the proper amount of staffing levels. But now, you know, you have somebody going into a triple shift, right? After 16 hours, you're, you're now going into a triple with no meal break. And you're, you're, we reached the level of exhaustion. And now they want us to do all of these tours. How can we be, keep anyone in our system safe if we ourselves are not physically fit to do it, especially during a pandemic? All right. So, Benny Basio, I'm just going to land off by complimenting you because I've been to Rikers uh, recently. And as uh, certain family members there uh, of mine visiting incarcerated uh, inmates, and they they have all gone out of their way to say uh, how nice and how courteous the correction officers are uh, when, you know, when they treat them, uh, they, how they treated me and how they treated certain family members. So I know you guys are understaffed. I know you're doing the best you can, but I think you should hear a little bit of good news that people are complimenting the professionalism of uh, the members of the correction officers benevolent association. Thank you for your hard work, uh, Benny Basio. We really appreciate it. As you know, anytime you got to come on and let New Yorkers hear what's going on, the airwaves are yours. Okay, buddy? Arthur, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for recognizing the tough job that we do and how we're understaffed and we need help. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. All right, folks. Benny Basio of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Lauren talking about cars. Don't go anywhere. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. 
Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. If you're considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They are so passionate about teaching people how to own physical gold and silver. They've won the best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Talk to one of their experts. They can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation. Number again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Put leftovers in shallow containers and get them into the refrigerator as soon as possible. Roughly 3,000 Americans will die from food poisoning this year, but you can keep your family safer by chilling food promptly and properly. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at standwithisraeltour.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Well, it's Monday on the Idola Power Hour, and we have Lauren, car guru, um... Now, I know you just came back from a great trip, but I you, you left us off. You teased us, Lauren, that you were trying out the new Hyundai electric car, the Ionic or something like that. Give us a little uh, give us a little update on, on what your experience was with the Hyundai electric car. Okay. I have driven the Ionic a couple times, and I have to say it's still one of the best electric cars. If you, that's what you want, you will not be disappointed. It's got all the goodies that you want, which I think is what people want. They want to have something where they don't have to give up anything and it seats five people i guess the big question is i asked myself is it better than a tesla model y and i think the answer is yes and the reason for that is it has a lot more than the model y has besides an all-wheel drive it has 220 miles of range but you can get an all-wheel drive you can get it you know a rear-wheel drive if you want more range or 300 but it just really was easy to use very intuitive it wasn't awkward like the tesla's awkward with a screen in the middle everything in one location and that can be a problem for some people and they just find it i'm looking away from the main screen so this is an issue so in this case it is and it has a large 20 inch screen um so it's pretty it's an awesome vehicle i think that uh, if you haven't thought about you know what do i buy do i have to buy a tesla no there's a ton of great vehicles there's the kia ev6 the hyundai ionic 5 the Mustang Mach-E, the Volkswagen ID4, those are all the lead contenders in the electric vehicle. I don't want to give up much 
from what I have now class. Uh, I was in a Tesla Model Y uh, this weekend. And yeah, I mean, it's it's austere, except for that center, huge center screen. Is the Hyundai the same thing or do they have like, you know, an actually climate control unit that lives on its own? Well, what they did is they allowed you to do both. So if you wanted it as a separate screen, it's there. If you want it integrated, it's also there. And they allowed people, some people still like dials and buttons. So they had some of that and they also have the screen. And then it also has the gauges in front of you, which is very intuitive for people to drive with a head-up display and everything versus having everything in the center screen, which people kind of find unusual because we've all been driving cars our whole lives, you know, and suddenly it's like, well, where do I look? I'm looking away from the road when I'm looking at the center screen. Now you don't have to. It's all right there. And the thing is the build quality, I'm sorry to say this for those who love Tesla, it blows it away because the build quality really is great. Hyundai and Kia are, are part of the Hyundai Corporation as well as Genesis. They have their own metal plant, so they can control the quality of the metal. And they also are part owners in a chip company called Megachip. So they're getting product out to market. And I, I, one last thing I noticed about the Tesla was when you put your left blinker on, on that little screen, it, it has, a, I don't know, there's like eight cameras on the Tesla. So it, it shows you on the little screen what's in your blind spot that you can't see in the same, right. if you, is it, does the Hyundai have that same feature? Actually, Hyundai came up with that feature. Hyundai and Kia are the first ones to put that in the market about eight years ago before Tesla was doing it. And the camera actually shows your blind spot both on the left and the right turn signal. You can press the camera at any time to see what's going on around you. But that turn signal safety feature that turns your gauge into a turn signal in front of you, not in the center screen, but actually in front of you as you can see it, has been there since, uh, oh, my gosh, that's going way back before the Telluride. That's been going back, I bet you, wow. eight years. There you he go. Only well. here yeah. only here on Authorized Dollars Power Hour I, on a Monday evening when Lauren Fix is here. Do you learn those kinds of things? And I learn those kinds of things. Now, where uh, where did you just come back from? I was at Mini Takes the States, and we had 700 minis driving from Burlington, Vermont, all the way down to Greensboro. I only did a small portion of it, but I just posted a video on my YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports. You can see what 700 minis look like. I did it in a time lapse. It was over an hour, and it time lapse sounded like 35 seconds. So if you have, it's worth seeing. Just to see what 700 minis of all years, all makes, all models, all colors, people personalized them. It was really awesome. And I went through three cities, and it was just, Super exciting, and the people are really passionate about the cars. And if you're thinking about a Mini, they make an electric car also. Is the Mini, uh, at this point, uh, of of cars on sale in 2022, is that the best city car? A city car, yeah, but it's not, nothing's on sale. There is no incentives. There's no discount. No, no, I don't, I don't mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> cars that exist. In other words, like I'm driving a Fiat 500, but you can't buy a Fiat 500 anymore. They don't, they don't bring them into the well, country no. anymore. Well, so is, the, is the Mini was a cool piece? Yeah, is the Mini the uh, the what is there like a Chevy Spark? Like what what little cars are left? Are there any smart cars well, left? No, smart car is gone also. That's owned by Mercedes. They only sell in Europe. They never sold here. And my biggest concern with those smart cars, you get hit by a gigantic SUV, it's over. But I will tell you a quick story about the Mini. I'm a huge Mini fan. They're owned by BMW. 
to getting all the BMW safety. It's a little, it's a teeny weeny bit bigger than your Fiat 500. It is a great city car. They make them in manual, they make them in automatic, they make them in convertible, they make them bigger, they make them smaller, two doors, four doors, whatever you want, and electric. So the neat thing about these vehicles, and my son was in an accident in his, he had a 2009 Mini. He was on, this is, this will tell you, it's a while ago, over 10 years ago. And uh, he was driving, he, someone just uh, reached over the center, the center line and hit him head on. And the car spun around and all the airbags went off. When I got pictures of this thing, he was like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I've never seen more airbags in a car. So I have to say these vehicles are unbelievably safe. And because of that, my daughter bought a Mini. So, you know, don't overlook Mini because it is BMW and you are getting top safety. Real quick, because I know you got to go, but what's VinFast all about? Ah, so I am on my way, and I will talk to you late next week when I return. VinFast is a car company that's made in Vietnam, and the richest man in the country has created this car company, which is kind of interesting how that works. Um, he wants to be the next Tesla challenger. So he's going to get rid of their gas-powered cars by the end of August, and they're going to go pure electric. They're going to sell them here in the U.S., which they never had before. They get a huge investment of $4 billion to invest here in the U.S., We've already got six dealers that, that just started up last week, and they're in California. Soon you will see them across the country. Their plan's a little different. You buy the car, you lease the battery, and at the end, they just put a new battery in. So I think that's kind of neat versus buying the car, getting stuff battery, the expense, the recycle fee. This is part of their creative of getting people into electric cars. Nice. I like it. How does it look? What, what does Lauren Fix think of the design of a VinFest? Um, I'm on my way there now. Um, I'm actually in the airport. We get delayed by a day, but from what I've seen online, I look forward to seeing it. First, I have seen it at the New York Auto Show briefly. Um, you're looking at uh, something that has a very um, how do we put this? Uh, very Mitsubishi-esque look. How's that? Okay. But they have to hit this market strong. They got to hit it strong, and they're doing it with SUVs, which is a very smart way to start versus cars. All right, there you go, folks. Lauren Fix on her way to Vietnam. We'll hear from her, if not when next week, the, the week after. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. Safe travels to you. Thank and you. Uh, we, look, we look forward to you com to reporting back to us. Uh, I think that uh, puts a slams a lid on things for today, folks, here in uh, New York City. I, uh, I hope you got off to a, a good start of the week. Uh, I certainly am. I have court tomorrow, two big cases and two different courthouses, uh, all in the morning, all in New York City. Uh, and then I'll be back to the office and have a meeting with a, a private investigator. We're working together on another big case. And then we'll be here on the Idola Power Hour. Uh, I think we're going to have Lauren Conlin. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Stay tuned tomorrow. Have a good night, folks. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.